You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Think about buying houses in the Iratika. Now, uh, in other words, it's one thing I'm going to buy an apartment. How about if I can buy the from the Arabs? Is there something about purchasing it and now... Again, buying a, a, a luxury apartment that's already owned by a Jew, I don't think that's a mitzvah. So, um, again, there's already already someone living there. But what about if you could use your money to buy property from the Arabs who are who have the building? So, um, Ravavinair says definitely Meiser is supposed to go to Aniyim. But the Medrash says, and this is what we talked about, Habratzah's Torah, the best giving is for Amole Torah. The Chafetz Chaim dealt with the situation of what comes first? Uh, Aniyim that are your relatives or supporting Torah? So he says, if they're your relatives, they come first. But if they're not your relatives, then the biggest slash tzedakah is giving to Harbatzah's Torah. That's a psak from the Chafetz Chaim and the Sefer Avaz Chesed. Now, every yeshiva that you have, Aviner says, Rov HaTalmidim or Aniyim. And if it wouldn't be for fundraising, most of the guys could not pay, in Eretz Yisrael at least, for the upkeep of the yeshiva. So therefore, um, it's it's aniyam, Rabbi Vinir says, and it's also strengthening Torah. But he says that it's best that when you give the money, you should tell the Rosh Hashivas that you want this earmarked for the poor Bachram in the yeshiva. I don't know if they're going to listen to you or not. They might just take the money and it goes to the office and then it pays for the electricity or it pays for whatever they need. But that would be the best way to look at it. Um, now, what about the fact that every one of us has a chiyuv Um, or or can can take upon ourselves the chiyuv of restoring Yerushalayim, um, and and that is an important thing, obviously. Um, so again, it really depends, like he said before, what sort of tana you made. Is that is 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 being able to. Uh, buy the, the land from the Arabs, uh, one of the biggest mitzvahs that we have, um, it's definitely a big mitzvah. Um, and in some way, you know, Chazal say it's one of the biggest mitzvahs is to have Eretz Yisrael. And that's why Rav Avinir points out that you're allowed to actually go to a Goyesha, um, uh, a Goyesha, um, 
judiciary area. You're allowed to go to a Glacier courthouse and allowed to sign papers in order to obtain land that used to, from a guy and to get it out of a guy's property. Now, how do you do that? So you take another guy with you and you can tell him, sign the paper for me. Um, the Ramban says the reason why we let you do this is because this is not just a mitzvah at this moment. Because you're not allowed, even if it comes to bris milah, for example, the Ramban asks, why are you allowed to take the guy with you to the courthouse and tell him, sign this, sign this document? What about if the meal is supposed to be on Shabbos? Why can't you, and, and you forgot to bring the knife and you forgot to do all that stuff. Why can't you have a guy do everything? Why can't you tell a guy to do it directly? You're not allowed to. It's not called a mitzvah the rabbin. But why is that, why is that better? Why is the, the idea of buying this piece of property that's going to go to you, why is that better than, than, than your son's bris that's going to not be done on Shabbos now because you didn't prepare it and you can't get the guy to help you? So the Ramban says a very important yesoid. The Ramban says that a bris, although it's an important mitzvah, is a mitzvah at this moment. And now this child is gemalt. But getting that land is a mitzvah miskayemis l'olam. U mitzvah v'toeles l'kol Yisrael. Because now, it's always going to be ours. You, It's going to outlive you, this land. Now that it got into Jewish hands, it'll go to your children and your children's children. So it's bigger than a mitzvah that you're doing right now with your life. Um, now, so that, it would seem, buying land away from the Arabs seems to be a very chosh of a mitzvah based on this Ramban. And maybe if you are giving uh, you know, tzedakah, maybe that should be one of the most important things to do, uh, is to get the land. Again, I, I, I am not sure here politically, because politically, you know, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the situation now is uh, with, um, you know, uh, obviously, if every, if there were no um, worries politically, uh, this would be 100% correct. It might be that buying up this land might end up, who knows, the other Arabs around there might start a, a, a thing against you. Uh, and even though you, you're going to start moving in there, they're going to start attacking you. Um, and even though you have the deed, uh, you're not going to really be able to live there for now. So I, I, I'm not sure how clear this psaac is. Which um, Arab that's going to sell that land is signing his own debt certificate? But in other words, any of those, you think any of those Arabs who did that, they all, the other Arabs went and killed them for doing that. Um, and, and so what I'm wondering, Moshe, is, okay, you know, and I know that, that they, that, 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 they do this, this Mossad buys up stuff and they, and then they put coil couples into those, uh, into those homes, right? You know what I'm talking about. They send, you know, yes. Yunga Light to live over there. And, 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 and again, I, I, I don't know. 
because I know that it's very dangerous the way they're living there now. And um, it's unfortunate because of the way the situation is. Still, you know, I, I, it's, I understand where he's coming from because he's a big, he believes in this idea. I believe in it too. I'm just wondering if it, if, if it, if it really is, as imp- if it really is practically going to happen. And even though, okay, we have the land, you'll see there's going to be a lot of ikuvim as far as that goes. And I wonder even if the government is going to be pressured to, to not allow you to move in there. So I don't know. Um, uh, he also talks about the Yeshiva Teres Yerushalayim. Because um, he says, the Yeshiva Yerushalayim, which is in the Arab quarter of the old city, um, he says, it's not enough to own it. You need to live there. And you're right near where the original Beis Amikdash was. And it, it's an incredible thing to have a yeshiva right there near the Beis Hamikdash in the Arab quarter there. And he feels that is an incredible thing. So he says he believes that these are two very important mitzvahs. So it sounds like Rabbi Vinayar feels that um, if a person has already determined he's going to give his meister money to various mitzvahs, he thinks these two mitzvahs stand very, very, um, very strong. But he says, if it's a question between one of the two, he said, I would give money to the yeshiva rather than buying another building. Um, Robert Kivilevich, mm-hmm. I remember years, years ago, I I heard or read the, the difference between the um, the mainstream, the I'm talking about, not mainstream, the Lithuanian uh, Haredi position is that as 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 long as there's no sakana, it, it dismiss what works. You should do what you can. But if there's a sakana, now who determines the sakana? Probably the IDF has to have a final word. But I think the more national religious, where I think Rav, uh, Rav Avenier comes from, uh, they, uh, you know, they uh, don't go, go by that. I think they go over the Yishuv Aretz as a overriding mitzvah. So I think well, it depends who you ask, but... Uh, in, in right, that, you know, I, you know, I am I am a hundred percent behind Rabbi Viner that this is a very important mitzvah. I just am uncertain about the ability to fulfill it, um, mm-hmm. and and you know, we're talking about you know where funds should go. Here's an right. interesting question. Uh, you know, uh, there's a uh, they've decided, and you know, they got Rav Chaim to agree. Chaim Kanievsky, that they're going to a special Sefer Torah for Hatzolos Nefoshos during Corona. Uh, Let's write a Sefer Torah. Um, And then again, I, I, we don't, I don't, I don't think we need more Sefer Torah. Is my feeling. But that's, but they've been going around uh, saying a special Sefer Torah they're trying to collect for, for people to write, you know, people to donate. And this is going to be some special Sefer Torah that was now written in the most difficult time. here was a question Rabbi Vinayar had. Is it better to uh, write a Sefer Torah? Again, we're talking about with Meister money or Tzedakah money, or to give to Yeshiva. Oh, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to save my money and I'm going to make the mitzvah of Siva Sefer Torah. Now there's one thing to donate to the Sefer Torah. Here the question was maybe, you know, keep your monies and you'll be able to have a Sefer Torah written for you. Now, Moshe, I think we talked about it in the past. Um, Moshe is off already. 
Um, I'm not sure how much the Sefer Torah costs, but I think we're talking about about thirty thousand dollars. Is that what it is? About thirty-five thousand dollars, so Sefer Torah, something like that. Certainly not cheap. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about thirty-five thousand or forty thousand dollars of Sefer Torah. I think so. Yeah, and the uh, question is, I mean, isn't the mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah can be fulfilled by right, only that's, and learning? Which is what he's going to say. Yeah, he says, he says, he says, we do have a mitzvah to write a Sefer Torah, but what's the reason why? To learn Torah, not that it should just sit there uh, in, 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 in an aron. Therefore, the Rosh Agasarya says, like she would just said, that you can today fulfill this mitzvah by buying svarim. And today, the svarim are very, very inexpensive compared to what they used to be. You can, you know, order art scrolls still having a sale or whatever svarim, wherever you buy svarim. Yeah. Um, now, the truth is, not everybody holds of this Rosh and Shagasarya. But it is brought down. Now, let's say you want to fulfill the mitzvah of writing a Sefer Torah by buying printed svarim. So you can't just say, oh, I bought, uh, I bought a set of Mishnah Baruch. No, you need to buy Mishnayos. You have to buy a set of Shas. Again, it's Poskim, Sifrei Musa. And he says, you need to be Koveya's man to learn them. So, um, now, clearly, that is the way you fulfill the mitzvah. Now, obviously, many of us have been invited, he says, to, to when people are writing a Sefer Torah, come fill in the last letter, um, and, you know, there's definitely something important about that, that to do it the old-fashioned way. Now, if you're trying to write a Sefer Torah or to give that $40,000 to Yeshiva, so the Chayotam already writes, Rav Avinir quotes, that Anoshim Toyim V'choshim Shazay Yosher Choshim Lichtav Sefer Torah, Mashir Vaseis Kesef Alom Dei Torah. It's a mistake. The Torah is not just supposed to be in an Aron. Therefore, the Chayotim said, "Monies, people, if they if they have enough money, they should they should uh, parcel it out to Bnei Torah." Um, he also says that not only do they spend thirty five thousand. Well, in, in those days, it was much less, but what well, would have been thirty five thousand for us? So, I don't know, 100 ruble, 200 ruble, whatever it was. And they do more than that, the Chayotam says. They make a big party, right? They, 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 they eat, they drink. Um, <laughs> what do you have to make? Again, not only do they have the Chayotam for Torah, they pay for a big party for it. All of that is money that could have gone to to Lame De Taira. Now, it's true, um, Rabbi Avinair says, that if you're going to do, uh, if you're going to have a Sefer Taira, and you want to bring it into the yeshiva, no question about it, you, you should dance, you should sing. But you don't need to have a big meal. So, therefore, 
based on the Chayadim and others, um, it would seem that that money uh, can be spent in a better way than um, that would be better. Uh, an interesting question, and we'll, we'll end with this. Um, well, actually, two more questions. Um, what about if it's a question of uh, writing a safer Torah for a community? You're going to end up giving some money for it, or they're trying to build a base Knesset in a Chiloni community. They don't have a base Knesset there. And I guess eventually, you know, they'll have people come there for Shabbos. And we start the process of trying to be mashpia on the Rechokim. So Rav Avinir felt in this situation, it would be better um, to pay, of course, to have a shul in the Yishuv Chiloni, because that is obviously a very important thing that there should be a presence, a Torah presence everywhere. And having a base Knesset there, having an Orthodox shul in a totally, and it's going to be a struggle to get that done, but that could change lives much more than having a Sefer Torah being written. What about uh, can a wife um, give money to tzedakah uh, without asking her husband? I guess, in other words, there's a they have a joint account, and she writes out the tzedakahs, and she doesn't check it with her husband. Now, in in the Shulchan Aruch, it does say a woman cannot give tzedakah without her husband's knowledge. But he says that was based on the halachic reality that all the money in the home is really the husband's. And based on the, the, the din in, the, in, in Chazal, so she really doesn't have her own money. That's Gezo. But he says today things have changed. Many times women are working in the house and you can't say, well, the husband is the leader of the house. So everything the woman makes, even in the joint account, belongs to him. He says, that's not true. He says, unfortunately, in cases where there's a get. So the post can say, um, what we do is, especially if the wife is working, we split and we don't say, oh, the husband, well, that was my money and she was working for me. In fact, Rav Avinir says, in many of the Batei Dinim, they give the woman money even if she didn't work. Because even if she wasn't going out to work, okay, she, she doesn't deserve half of the funding that this home has? Of course she was working hard. All right. Let's say the husband had an eight-hour job. Okay. And she is what? She's working more, more than eight hours, right? She works on Shabbos. She works when she's sick. She's cooking and cleaning and taking care of kids. So even if she technically doesn't have a job, she deserves half of the money. So therefore, when... Yeah, right. But but, but 
you know, uh, even without Nixay Malug or Nixay Sambarzel, Rabbi Meir says in the modern families, he believes that a wife has bias on money. And if she decides, to, even if it's a joint account, to write out money for this cause, she's, she's within her rights. It's like hers. Now, Rav Avinir says it's still a bidiyevet. It's not gezo. And he says the truth is is that couples should not, you know, I spent on this, you spent on that. There should be discussion between them. That they talk, they agree, and therefore you don't want to have a situation where the husband is looking at the, 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 you know, the bank ledger and he says, what's going on? Where'd this money go from? What are you giving this money away for? So it's not Gezel, but he clearly believes the best way to have Shalom Bias is for them to speak it out and, and to determine where their quote-unquote joint money should go to. And of course, that is one of the um, you know, a very important thing. Um, Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.